0: of the four-star Spurs podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Lucas. Hello, hello, hello. And Sam, who's getting ready to go to London. Hey, how's it going? Can't wait. Well, um, I think we actually should start the conversation with that. Uh, so, um, Sam, you're going to London. We talked to Tommy last week, who was, who's getting ready for the trip as well. Um, well. What are you guys, what are you most excited about for for the trip? Um, to be
1: honest, i'm I'm excited to have some uh, time off at work. I mean, it's been a little bit stressful, and quite frankly, I need this, but you know, pretty much just um, excited to be um, at a Spurs match, um, getting the match day experience at the um, uh, on the uh, Tottenham High Road and the pubs around it. Um also just happy to be in London and
0: do fun shit yeah no it'll be a good time and um for those of you uh we we mentioned it last week but for those of you that are in um uh london um definitely come out and, out and meet Chicago Spurs um Sam actually runs our uh Twitter account so if you uh direct message him on Twitter you you can definitely find out where some of the groups at um our uh, Mike who runs our who's also been on the podcast and runs our uh Chicago Spurs um a twitter account he's going to be on the trip as well so um so you probably could reach out to either account and and catch up with people if you want to meet up um definitely going to be a good con- contingent there should be a good time if you have arsenal tickets uh um definitely uh, message us because uh, everybody's trying to get one some some of, the, some of the guys have been able to get it but um i think you're still trying right sam
1: uh, actually was uh trying right now do apologize <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um so yeah if 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 you have a lead on tickets uh definitely hit hit up those accounts as well cuz uh cuz i think both uh, Sam and Mike are looking for tickets but let's uh, move the conversation along so we had this uh, this big week and um i want to start the conversation by uh so do you think we were playing a negative football here against uh Liverpool with this uh 1-1 draw or do you think it was uh we were playing a straight-up, uh, uh, even attacking style. What do you guys think? Because uh, we know what we all know what Klopp has said, and I, like, I just want to kind of tear that theory down a bit. Lucas?
2: No, I, th- I think we were um, – I think we had the right mentality. I think we I, – I, there was a lot in the way we played that I didn't – I, I would have rather us have been much more defensive, to be honest. Um, I thought we continually tried to play out through the back against their press, which caused numerous, numerous times. We saw our guys lose the ball in really threatening positions. And we were really fortunate that Liverpool didn't capitalize on those. We know they're capable of it. Um, But no, I don't think it's, I don't think we played. I mean, they're a better team than us. That's, that's what it is. You, You can't really say, Oh, well, Spurs didn't try and attack. Well, every time we had the ball, it, in our own half, like it's not easy to break their, like they had their back line sitting up at midfield. So it, it's really hard to get any type of possession or attack going against a team like that. But when we did find ourselves with space, it wasn't like we just tried to sit back or play keep away or run the clock. I mean, we were going at them. So I think I was really happy that we went there. It, it seemed like we were really aware of the fact that we needed three points and We didn't come out and cower like we usually do at Anfield. Um, I know I'm getting on like a little rant here, but it's, I always say I'm like Anfield and the bridge are the two places where it just seems we go and any confidence and any trust in ourselves just goes to die because we go to those two stadiums and we just absolutely panic and we play like complete cowards. And I was really, really excited that that wasn't the case this time. We went to Anfield. We pulled our boots, or pulled ourselves up by the boots, and we actually had a go at it. Um, so I was actually really proud of that. Whatever Klopp says, he'd go pound sand. He was just, he's just pissy because he's he lost his shot at the league. So in the quadruples off now. So you're welcome.
0: Yeah, and and just real fast before we go to you, Sam. I I think the playing out of the back as frustrating as it was for us to, to watch. It's that's tough for the fans to digest. But I think it was certainly a part of Conte's plan, and I think it worked because we've we've seen where we try and play teams where we try and just get a lucky air ball up upfield, and and maybe we connect with it, and maybe Sonny gets on a run. But I think there was there was more of a plan than we we're we're used to seeing here, and it it did involve building up out of the black, uh, building up out of the back, which took a lot of bravery and courage because uh, Liverpool has such a good press. But I'll let you tackle uh, tackle the same.
1: You know, kind of building off of what Lucas um, said at the end, Jurgen Klopp typically just finds something to bitch to moan about, no matter what, whether it's a win, loss, draw. So whatever he said, I mean, against that team, how else are we going to play, um, to be honest, you know? I mean, but the thing was it's like we didn't we, we took our chances, we came to play, and if it weren't for a deflection at a deflected goal at the end, we lost. we we dropped points on a deflected goal. We would have we we would have won the game. So that's yeah. off. We we played the way we, we were supposed to play there with the squad we have.
2: Well and again too, it wasn't as if it wasn't as if we got our goal and we said, let's pack it in. I mean, even down to the last couple of minutes, we were fighting forward trying to get opportunities to try and get those, all three points. I mean, Hoybeer had that one at the very end where he tried to play it back across the cane instead of actually having a shot on or having to go on target. And I mean, yeah. if he heads that on target, I, we walk out of there with three points. So it's like, that was a layup of a chance. So I, I think we actually, we weren't, we didn't seem content for a draw. We didn't seem, Content to just take our point and sit back. We looked like we were really giving it a go. It's just when you play a team of Liverpool, uh, Liverpool's caliber and what they do is they snuff the game out through the press. They force you to make errors in your own in your own half and they snuff you out. They don't give you time on the ball and they just have the perfect space. This is what they do. So it's really hard to have – this is a team that's going to the play in the Champions League final. They've already won the League Cup. They're probably going to win the FA Cup. The quadruple was still on for them, basically, and in theory still technically is. So this is one of the best teams on the planet. And what they do best is that press and force you to make mistakes. So for us to say, oh, or for him to say, oh, they didn't have a go at us or something like that. Like, well, what are, what are we supposed to do? Like, <laughs> fall, Like, play right into your hands, basically, and challenge you at what you do best and get beat by six? Like, No, thanks. We, I think we had, we showed a good job being able to sometimes play out of the back. I think where we were a little bit sloppy was the times where there was nothing there. So if you're trying to play from the back and basically pass or dribble your way through this Liverpool press, you have to, there has to be outlets. And if there is, you have to take them quick and keep the ball moving very quickly. If they're not there, you can't delay. You can't wait on the ball until something does come available because it's not going to. The more you wait, the more they're just going to suck you in and they're going to converge on you and you're going to get the ball away. So that was where I had a little bit of the problem was there were plenty of opportunities where we showed, okay, we are able to get the ball moving quickly and pass our way out of the bat. But on the ones where we weren't sure, that needs to be immediately, like I think we saw a couple guys do it, Hojbjerg did it, Um, Kulachevsky did it, where there wasn't really an outlet and you had a few seconds to kind of decide what you want to do with it. And there was nothing really on, just send that long, just send those ones out and recycle and get your shape back as opposed to just standing there, not knowing what you want to do with it, because that's how every time we lost the ball, every time someone was able to just converge on them, all of a sudden it's two on one. We're not able to dribble our way out of it. And it's Liverpool's got the ball in our final third again, and we're all out of position. So that was the only bit where I thought we really needed to, have done better was that decision-making of whether or not it's time to try and play out through the back or just send it long and say, fuck it, reset and we'll go again.
0: And that, and that's a good distinction because clearly Conte wanted us to play out of the back and on a whole, we did it fairly well. Like, and it it did end up bending, benefiting us in the end. But to your point, that is, that is a good case that like, you know, we just got to be better about deciding when, but you, it, it's off. Just just boot it up field and and get and reset because because uh, you don't want the ball to be given away in a dangerous situation. Which um, we had a couple, but um, but I think we got lucky that none of them none of them led to uh, goal scoring opportunities. Really, um, even their goal wasn't like really a goal scoring opportunity. It was just a stupid deflection.
2: Yeah, their goal was not a goal that you would expect them. To- that's not one that was like a high high success rate of a chance right there. It was just, I mean, Benson Kerr just got so unlucky. He got his foot out, at the, just caught it at a weird angle. And even if he didn't, it, had he not made contact with it, I think Hugo had a track all the way. It wasn't going to be any problem for Hugo. So yeah, it's, just, it's just shit luck on our part. But that's, again, when you play a team like Liverpool and they're going to play as hard as they are and they're going to be that attacking they're going to create opportunities like that. The more shots you put, the more shots are going to randomly get their deflected way in. It's, it's just a law of averages. So it's, it's unfortunate that that had to be the goal that they scored off us. But other than that, I thought we defended really, really heroically. Actually, I think guys, I think Ben Davis played fantastic. I think um, Romero obviously was class. Um, I think Dyer played really well. The only couple of moments defensively that I was fuming about, was in the first twenty minutes or so they had uh they had two separate corners where whatever way we were defending it it was some kind of zone defense on the corners where we were letting um, Van Dyke just at the top of the box get a free run in that drove me nuts because I'm like this is their number one guy that they're gonna try and target on these corners and both times he came in free with the header and just put it over the bar I think one of them actually went off the bar so it was like we had those couple moments where I was thinking, "What the hell is going on with this? Like, how can you not have Romero or Dyer? Because probably Dyer, because Romero's not the best in the air, but have have someone like Dyer at least be shadowing Van Dyke to make sure he doesn't get a free look in on Hugo from the six yard box." That part yeah. was the only bit of defending that I thought was really, really suspect from us. But other than that, I thought we had really well organized and a hell of an effort.
0: No, and we. And it was, uh, we broke first blood in this one, which is essential when you play Liverpool. Because uh, you, you know that they're going to have an opportunity to get one back afterwards. So to, to be able to draw first blood, um, I think that was huge. And, and another another impressive goal, I think. It was kind of like a confused situation. If I uh, if I recall right, it was soon after uh, a set piece, so uh, everybody was kind of uh, in weird positions, and Liverpool just didn't seem to know how to handle the situation, and uh, the ball got through to Son, and he put it away, and and uh,
2: uh, well, the, first,
0: the rest is history.
2: That first bit was funny because I, I don't think uh, I don't think Royale even knew where he was putting that. He just kind of thought it was kind of missed hit. It was just like a lumped up ball that Royale kind of missed struck and it found its way over to Kane. And I thought King did brilliantly to be able to see it down and have the strength on the ball when he won it. And that kind of started that break where he was able to come over to the left and find Sessegnon who did fantastic to push towards that end line. And that's what happens. That's why I'm always always saying with our wingbacks, I love when our wingbacks are able to actually take it to the end line because it drags everybody out of position and you find your runners at the middle of the box. And that's exactly what we saw with Young when he was able to just float it nice and easy over to Sun, who just gets it tapping. So when you're able to have that type of counterattack and actually get wide and push to the end line, you'll find guys that are just standing wide open in the middle of the box. And that was just a really well executed goal. And from a couple of different players, I thought, Kane, Cessinong, and did son or and son all did brilliantly on that to actually work that ball in.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think we have to talk about uh, Emerson Royal in this match. Like, I mean, I, I, he got Player of the Match, I think, on uh, um, officially, and he did have probably his best performance in a, a in a Spurs uniform at least. It definitely. Best performance that he's ever played as a wing back. Um, what do you guys think on his performance?
1: Yeah, uh, I, yeah. Um, I I thought he 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 exceeded my expectations because to be honest, he makes me nervous when he plays. Well, it's like is he going to show up like he did against Southampton, or is he going to um, show up like he did, did against Newcastle? So, it's like you get one of two extremes, and when you play someone like Liverpool, who's, you know, going to go down the flank uh, with their fullbacks, you get nervous. Um, but, yeah, I thought he played
0: exceptionally well. Yeah, that was a good good outing for him. Um,
2: yeah, I, I'll jump in real quick on just Royale. I thought, um, I thought Sam used a good uh, term right there with exceeded our expectations. Um, because I, th- I thought it was funny. I'm like, was technically, I don't, I was like, did he really earn man of the match? Like, that was kind of weird when I saw that. I was like, was he really the man of the match? And I don't want to downgrade him because I think he had one of those better performances for us. But I think where I had notes with him is just he played really, really well defensively. Which at the end of the day, when you're playing Liverpool from a wing back or a fullback, at the end of the day, I have to be that has to be number one is did you play sound defensively like, that's got to be the first thing so I'm very happy that he did that at least uh going forward though I would love to just see him have a little bit more confidence in himself at the wing like when he's out on the wing being able to take it either try and take a man on or and beat someone because that's young he'll he'll try at least I love that about him is he'll try to take somebody on whether or not it works is it's a numbers game, but. I would have liked to just see Royale be a little bit more aggressive uh, in the final third. But other than that, um, yeah, like I said, I, I can't really downgrade him for that. Cause I think you had, when you're going to Anfield, especially like as a winger, the number one thing we need you to do is at least be defensively sound and protect our side.
0: Yeah. And, and, and you can't uh, bel- belittle the competition that he's up against too. That's, Absolutely. that's the key thing uh to to put in that that uh, um like a performance that we have to have to say good things about um when you're when, when you have to take on those wingers that uh, um in wingbacks for Liverpool yeah like it's it it certainly was a good day out for him i think that had more to do with him getting the um uh the man of the match uh, uh award um than than probably um, anything straight up that he did that was so amazing. I think it was just, you know, he held his own against some of the best uh, players in the league. um, And that was, that was good. And, and to be fair, uh, you know, Sessegnon, other than a couple of little minor errors, I think, you know, he he held his own against a, a really good uh, Mo Salah. I mean, like even, even the, uh, the, the card that he got was that was, that was a professional, I would call it a professional uh, a foul.
2: It was uh, an attempt. It was an attempt at what Vertonghen used to do when, when Jan used to be able to get those like completely obvious, like yellow cards, but he would get away with it because he would just be so cheeky. And like, he, he would just get like a, he would take you down, but it'd be, it'd be just clearly like, or just uh, like hazy enough where you can't decide whether or not it's a yellow and he gets away with it. It's like, that's clearly what Seth was going for. It's just, didn't go his way, but hopefully he can – because Ben Davis had one too that was like it looked worse than it was, it looked like a full on rugby tackle, but for the situation that it was in it was those those two yellows were just uh they needed to happen because if they didn't happen, they were almost surely going to be goals, so it was really just smart defending it was they had to just take one for the team, and it's good to see Sass with that type of defensive maturity
0: well, and I remember being extremely worried that okay, now we have like two guys on yellows taking on Mosala um and it didn't go as bad as after that as I thought it was going to i mean we we continued to hold our own there and yeah, they made some uh, defensive substitutions we saw Sanchez come on, we saw winks come in but uh um,
2: that was i mean that just shows i think um i think I, I think both of those subs that came on actually did they did admirably in their position that they were asked to go to win. um I think that it just shows the um, absolute difference in firepower, like of a team. Like if you watch Man City against uh, in their Champions League game against Madrid or whoever, or when you're watching Man City play, and you just see the guys that they're able to bring on, they're bringing on Jack Grealish as a sub in like the 70th minute, who they spent like 100 mil on. And Liverpool's got guys that they can just bring off the bench that are absolute studs, and we're bringing on Winks and Sanchez. It's (laughs) <laughs> no disrespect to them in this, because like I said, I think that they they showed uh, backbone. They, they did. They showed backbone and they came into a really tough spot and they haven't played, especially Sanchez. Like when was the last team he got ran up there? You know, it's been a long time for him. And he came out in a really, really important spot for us. And he did his job. So kudos to those two. But um, yeah, it just shows that we are miles off the top where we want to get to. If, uh, if that's the two subs that we're bringing out in a one one game. And you see the guys that Liverpool and City are bringing, but we'll get there. Hopefully, we've got to stay the course. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's what we got to hope. And and we'll probably tackle some questions and and get into conversations that we'll get into the, to that uh, before the end of this episode, I'm sure. Um, but I think this might be a good place to go to MVP, LVP. Uh, so let's uh, start with Sam for MVP. Uh
1: MVP I'm going to go with Ben Davies. Um talk about the good defensive work in this game. Um his was great one of the better games he's had in that position of left center back. Um LVP You know, you could easily give it to Ben for the deflection, but can't can't necessarily give it to anyone for uh, in this effort.
0: Yeah, I mean there it's tough to pick out somebody who uh, who's Who's definitive LVP, I would say. Um, who do, who do you have for for MVP, Lucas?
2: Um, for MVP, I also had Ben Davis. Um, I thought he was really, really, really strong, and I, there's a bit of a nostalgia one that goes with it too. Just um, because it made me think about how far he's come as a player when um, that season where Danny Rose got hurt, and he was a he was asked to play uh, left back and which again, isn't his best position. And he got absolutely skinned by Mane for 90 minutes. And that was when all of us just kind of had thrown him, like thrown in the towel, basically on Ben Davis and said, this isn't a guy that we need for the future. This guy's not going to be able to cut it. And um, kudos to him. I think it shows a lot of character from him that here we are talking about him in this positive light where he's able to play his best division or best defensive position. And he's back at Anfield and he's, showing an effort like that. So I think that that was um, just a really good shout out that he deserves because he's come a long way and he gave a hell of a performance for us on Sunday or on Saturday.
0: You know, I, I think we're going to make this three for three because I, I do think Royal deserves credit here. He's certainly an honorable mention for me and I I can understand why he was uh, was was picked out. Um for this one, but but yeah, Ben Davis was amazing defensively. He 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 made professional tackles. He made professional um, fouls when he needed to make a foul. He uh, he held his own against Mo Salah like uh, through most of the match. Like he he fended him off the whole the whole time. I mean, he he really did a lot to keep us in in this match, and I. Th- I think he was so under, underappreciated by us for, for years. And I think I've said it on other podcasts, but, but that guy's certainly, you've got to give him credit for being able to step into a job that he's asked to do. And here's one that he excels at. He's fi- He's finally doing the job that he's best at, but he's always willing to do whatever job a coach asks him. And he gets, he's gotten played by every coach that we've brought in at, at some stage. Um, which says something about his character. Um, so, um, yeah, much credit to him on this one. Um, Sam, you already gave us your, your LVP or you difficulty picking one. Uh, do you have an LVP Lucas?
2: Yeah, mine's really harsh, but, um, I, I, cause I totally agree with Sam. I think in, in a performance like that where everybody left it all out there and gave 90 minutes of effort, um, it's really hard to call somebody out, but, um, I'll give an honorary one. I thought Hoiberg had a couple of he had a couple of opportunities that he really could have made a difference on the attacking side of the pitch and just wasn't up for it. And in a game like a game like that at Liverpool, you really can't be wasting opportunities. You're gonna have you need your guys to step up in the big moments. And um, he just had a couple that uh, he let get away from him. So um, unfortunately, I would give him the honorable mention there for LVP, but. Again, I still thought he played. He played his ass off, so respect to him.
1: Uh, Sam, yeah, just want to throw in there. Like if he had, if he had tried to get that last header in on goal, he probably
2: would have gotten in
1: instead of going to Kane. He'd he'd be a club legend by now.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. think about think about Winks with that goal he scored in the last like second against Fulham, and that game hardly meant anything. This would have been. Oh, last at the last death against to get us the win at Liverpool that would have been uh, and still allow top four to be in our control I think that would have gone down in, as one of the biggest biggest goals that we've seen as a club in years.
0: Yeah, no, that would Could have be been... up there with like
2: the Crouch goal against Man City. Or
0: it it makes it easy to pick on them, I and like I, it, it's harsh. But if I had to, if somebody twisted my arm and I had to pick somebody, I would pick him. Just mostly for that, just, and to be fair to the guy, like how often is he wide open in in front of goal? Um, he doesn't have to make that decision very often. So it's, uh, it's, it's more difficult to, to make on the fly than people think. Um, when your instinct is to get the ball to Harry Kane, that, that guy <laughs> there, Harry, uh, well, and, and,
2: to and absolutely too. I, I think that that's a good point too. Cause I, I mean, we all slayed him for that decision, but if, if you made the wrong decision and the thing you chose to do was try to get the ball back over the middle to Harry Kane, then I, I mean, I can't really fault you too much for that. It wasn't like, it wasn't like he was trying to like find Sanchez at the back post or something. Like He was trying to square it over to Harry Kane. So yeah, it I, was just, I, it's just that lack of um, that lack of killer instinct that I would have loved to see him shown there.
1: Yeah, well, it's numbers game, you know. Who am I going to trust more in the box than Harry Kane? Not many other
0: guys. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, it, it, I understand the decision, even though I wish he had uh, just gone for goal. But, um, but alas, uh, here we are and now. Um, now we've uh, we've drawn, which is a point that I think we're all happy to have um but it also wasn't exact- we both needed a win out of this match and uh uh n- neither of us got it so we, we, we i think we're both a little well liverpool's not not satisfied at all but we're, we're, there's part of us that's satisfied and a part of us that's disappointed that we didn't get the win i'm sure but um but quite a day out um and now we kind of need to have a conversation uh, about um, kind of where we're at on the table and and uh, what this looks like going forward. We are going to preview the Arsenal game, so we don't have to get too much into that. But obviously, that's our next fixture that we have to contend with. Um, um, what do you guys think our chances of top four are here now is, is where I want to start this. Lucas?
2: Yeah, unfortunately, I'm. I'm not. Uh, I think it's very, very slim. Um, I, I think we would need an absolute miracle, uh, which is kind of what makes that such a disappointing result against Liverpool. Was that we? I thought we played so well and we gave such a great effort, and to walk out of there with a point is usually something you can really hold your heads high about and be proud of. Um, it just it comes with the. It just it sucks that it comes with the caveat of that probably is the reason why we're not going to be, not the only reason. You can pick any game from this year that we've dropped points and you can pick that one out. But it just sucks that that was kind of the moment that I realized I'm like, yeah, top four is probably off now. Uh, we needed to get the three points there. Um, to ask, Newcastle's clearly on a beach. They don't give a crap. Um, I actually think Everton's going to be safe by the last day of the season when they play Arsenal. So I don't think they're going to be going to the Emirates and getting a result for us or anything like that. So we're going to need to do our job on Thursday, beat Arsenal and then hope that they drop points against uh, Newcastle and Everton. I'm like both teams that we've shellacked by six goals or five or well, I think we beat what Newcastle, what five, one Everton, six, one or something. I mean, so these aren't good teams. Uh Arsenal's, had no problem just beating up on some of these bad teams of great. They're in a great run of form. They've won like their last five, I think on the bounce. Um, So yeah, it it seems that they've kind of come into their own at the right time and they've gotten really fortunate with some of their results. Um, They got, they got to play Chelsea when Chelsea didn't give a shit. They got to play man United when man United hasn't given a shit. They got to play West ham when West ham was more focused on Europa and barely started half a lineup. So it's, they've gotten really fortunate, but, um, yeah, I just, I think that it's, it's not probably in the cards for us, but, um, who knows, you know, this has been a crazy Premier League season. So all we can do is go out there and win our last three. And if we do, maybe there's a miracle in the cards for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's always a chance if, uh, it, but we've got to win the last three, and which isn't e- an easy thing either for us. I mean, we, th- it would take us like. I, can you think of uh, a week where we've won uh, um, three matches within an eight-day period this uh, <laughs> this season? Oh, uh, I can't. Oh, yeah, and that and, and that's the difficult part here. Uh, like, well, and I guess we didn't live, win Liverpool, but um, but you know, so we got a draw. Now we uh, we we had a really good. I should say three. Con- very good performances uh, is is what we haven 't done in an eight week eight day period and and that 's kind of what we have to do here with without much rotation, so I could actually see us not not doing the job that we need to do and maybe dropping points to Burnley even if we do uh, wipe out arsenal because um, you know, Burnley's going to have a lot to play for
2: um, you know and, and if that 's the case, I will be. I would actually be really, really upset with that. Um, like if we win and we take care of our business and we get all nine and it doesn't work out for us because Arsenal gets all their remaining points outside of us, they get past, uh, they get six points off of Newcastle and Everton. That's fine. We'll live with it. Um, but yeah, if it comes down to we miss out because we didn't do our job in these last few games, that would really break my heart. Cause mm. I, I would love to see that. I mean, these players—they keep saying all the right things. They're—they're they're saying, "Oh, well, I mean, we should be able to beat." Like, if they don't turn up and get a result against Arsenal at home, I don't know what game can you get up for. You know, they know that they know the stakes of this game. They know the importance of this game. So, I would assume that we're going to show it, and we're going to give a proper showing on Thursday. But if we win that, and then were to drop points at Burnley or something, that would just show me everything I need to know about the mentality of these players. That you couldn't get up and get three points. I know it's a quick turnaround, but it's fucking Burnley, and you're at home. Show like show that you want to be in the Champions League because you can't. We don't play in La Liga where you can just turn up and walk your way into a Champions League spot. Like you, you got to earn it. And for us to, if we were to not turn up against Burnley or something after putting ourselves Back in the race by beating Arsenal, that would just say that this team is just does not have the mental fortitude, and we need a lot more changes in store than I had even anticipated.
0: Well, and there might be a world, I mean, it's not that far fetched. I mean, uh, uh, Chelsea only has one more point than Arsenal here. Um, there, there is uh, like, a, there's only a five point gap between us and Chelsea. There is a world where they, they've been playing like crap lately. Like there is a world where we could get top four and still finish behind Arsenal. Um, A little far fetched, uh, not not impossible. Yeah.
2: The only, the only real problem with that thought is that if it came to some kind of tie, like, like tie breaking procedure or something, you know, it's like, I think Chelsea has Chelsea's goal differential right now is plus 39 and ours is plus 20. So (laughs) we're not. Yeah. That's the one thing that we have over Arsenal right now is we got that six goals advantage over them. So we would need to see, we would need to get insanely, there would need to be a crazy miracle for us to finish above Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They got three games to play as well,
0: but, but not impossible. You're saying there's a chance, right? (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah. Saying there's a chance,
0: but uh, I think we should go to our, um, before we go to half, we, uh, we have a question which comes from, um, uh big the the, the tw- 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 yeah like we call him big <laughs> bird it's ap23871 um and he asks us which is better winning europa or making a reasonable run in champions feel free to i'm sorry i got colors in front of uh the message here Fe- feel free to define reasonable uh sam to be honest um I'd
1: rather have a good run in Champions. Um I know Europa League would be a trophy, it would guarantee us um uh Champions League for uh the next season, but um to be honest, you know, you look at the um path path this year that Real Madrid had to take to the final where they had to beat Paris Saint-Germain, Chelsea, and uh Manchester City. Those I mean, that's, you know, chances are you're going to lose to one of those three squads. So they beat all of them. And I'll be honest, if I beat two of them and then lose to one one of the best teams in the world, I'd, I'd take that over Europa.
0: For me, it's the money. I mean, like, there's just no uh, – the, the diff, difference between uh what you get in prize money for a, a, a Europa League win, even if you go all the way, uh, compared to the the, the the prize money that you get for a Champions League win. And if we're having a good run, we're getting a lot of Champions League wins in that process. Um, the, the money would do us so much more for what we're going to build the next season. Um, and, and it would be way more exciting to take on that, that level of talent and perform well. Um, uh, we, we all think of Ajax, uh, if, if we're talking about a good run, In the Champions League, uh, there there would there would likely be more moments like that that we would appreciate. So for me, there's there's no comparison. As much as I want a trophy, Uh, Lucas.
2: Uh, Yeah, I'm actually going to go a different route here. And nine times out of ten, I agree. I'm like, Champions League is. We we need to get to the stage where Europa is just like a disgusting thing that we don't even want to be part of. Like, but. We haven't earned that yet. We haven't proven that we can be consistently worthy of the Champions League. Um, and I think the reason I'm, I'm again I'm with you 100%. Knights in the Champions League are special. That's why we support. That's what we dream of to have those magical nights um, in in the Champions League. It's so they're so special and they build such great memories. And that's why we are the way we are as supporters is for those moments. Um, but I think we're at a unique position where I would take the trophy because I think there's a lot of guys in this group that need the trophy. And I I think it it would kill me to know that Hugo Lloris gave the effort that he gave for the years that he gave and didn't win a trophy. Um, So to watch him lift that cup would be really, really special, even even though it is Europa. And to watch Harry get his trophy and son and some of these guys, Ben Davis, Dyer, guys that have really been here, and have been through a lot of really great and rough times for us at the same time i think would be the reason i think and i think that could lead to more i really do i think once you get that first trophy and you learn how to win and you get it over the line that one time it kind of it instills that like thirst for more and you know you can do it you have that belief because you've put in the work and you've actually seen yourselves get over the line so i think in this instance i would take winning europa um, over a good run in the Champions League just because I think that would do mentally a lot for the guys that we have and some of the young guys. Um, and then selfishly, I would want that because I would really want to see some of the guys that have been on this club actually be a part of us lifting a trophy.
0: Yeah, I, It would
2: break my heart to know that Kane was the best footballer I've ever seen in my entire life and played his career at Tottenham Hotspur and is the best Spurs player to ever live, and never won as much as a League Cup, you know. So, I would really just want to see us give me that European Cup. I'll take it.
0: Yeah, no, I uh, I understand both sides of that one. A good question. And um, Big Bird also asks another question about whether we think Arsenal is going to drop points. We've kind of already tackled that one. Um, I, I I actually think that they will at some point um not not because that they're um th- th- they 're showing us that they can keep this run going, but I just think that they 're just due for a hiccup um you know they haven 't been that um this dominant all year and they 're not even that dominant and we we saw them take on uh leads this you know they they were a man up most of the match and they still uh, almost got, uh, still almost see it. I Leeds almost had an equalizer there, yeah. So um so I could see them hiccuping and dropping points, but my concern is more that I think we're probably gonna drop some more points too. Um mm-hmm. as much as I want to see us win out from here. Um I, I I think they they will have the hiccup that we, we want, but I think unfortunately we'll probably have one too. Um uh, that, that's just a matter of it. Uh, Lucas, you kind of already tackled this, but...
2: Um... Yeah, I, and like I said, I think um, I think we'll beat them. They'll drop points to us. I think we'll get all three on Thursday. Um, but then I also think that they'll be able to just handle Newcastle and Everton. And like you kind of mentioned, I don't think it's that much because Arsenal's in top form and they're flying. It's just they're on one of these runs where everything in the world is going their way. It just is like written in the stars, almost like Christ, you have the first two minutes against man United. Like they give you just a free goal off a howler. And then against Leeds, you had five minutes in, they get a free goal off an absolute howler. And then another one, 10 minutes in, and then a red card. It's just like, uh, what else do you guys need? Like there's just every team that they come up against, it seems is just like in on the fix almost. And they're just completely rolling over and, yeah. yeah, they're all letting convincing. Arsenal have their way with them. So it's it's really not as if Arsenal's come out and pummeled these teams and put out a great show. They're just doing the bare minimum, and these teams are just handing over three points. So I could see that if one of these teams, like Ever- if it is Everton or if it is Newcastle, if one of them actually shows up and doesn't just give out free goals apparently, then who knows? Maybe they could drop points. But the way it's been going, I just have nothing... I have no reason to suspect why any of these teams are going to just turn up all of a sudden. Yeah. seems to just be going Arsenal's way.
0: Yeah. Uh, Sam, what do you think? Um,
1: you know, it's, it's a situation where it could go either way. Again, I, like you, Anthony, I'm more, more concerned about us like giving up an opportunity than, um, than, than um you know them giving us one. So um I want I, I honestly think that we, we we do beat them more on that later on um on Thursday, but at the same time they'll be able to keep that one point lead um just by um uh beating Newcastle and Everton. I I I think if they do drop points it will be um at St. James Park um cuz I think Newcastle's becoming a better team um and they're they, they'll they'll they, they'll just want to win after that showing against City and like they're a different team now with the players they acquired in January and um their manager but I I honestly just see both um after Thursday both teams winning out.
0: Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I think I hope that's the case, but I'm a little bit more worried about Burnley, but we'll get to that. Um, But I think this is probably a good place to go to halftime. So the second half, we are going to preview Arsenal and then preview that Burnley game that we'll talk about. Um, But first, we're going to go to Luke's Locks.
2: All right. Well, we've covered a few of these, but uh, we also have some midweek games, so make sure a couple of these you get in early. First up, We're going to take a Wednesday game. So be sure to get this one in ASAP. We're going to take Man City minus one and a half goals away at Wolves. Uh, City have the pole position now to win the league and Wolves haven't much to play for at this point. Uh, After the horrible collapse in the Champions League by City, I think we're going to see them continue to throttle teams like they did against Newcastle this weekend. Uh, So I think we're going to see City keep their foot on the gas and go to Wolves and get an easy multiple goal win here. So take City minus... One and a half goals on Wednesday away at Wolves. Next up, we're going to take our beloved Tottenham Hotspur, minus 0.5 goals at home on Thursday in the North London Derby. Uh, Arsenal have a bit of a cushion now at this point, like we discussed, Uh, whereas it's now do or die for us. Anything but a win here means that top four is off. So uh, it's the first North London Derby back in N17 at the new stadium with full fans. So I expect this place to be absolutely rocking and I expect our boys to show up and absolutely give it a run out. So uh, Spurs get the win, take them minus the half goal in that one. Third on the list, we're going to take over two and a half goals in the Brighton game away at Leeds this weekend. Uh, Leeds are desperate for points now and currently sit in the final relegation spot. Um, I expect Leeds to be throwing numbers forward and heavy on the attack. Brighton are more than capable to hit teams up for goals, especially in an open game like they did this weekend against United. So I think we're going to see several goals in this one. So take over two and a half goals. Brighton leads up at Ellen Road. Finally, coming up next Monday, this, again, one that we kind of already touched on. um, We're going to take Arsenal minus the half goal away at Newcastle. Um, I expect Arsenal to be coming off the loss to us on Thursday. And they'll need to get all three points in this one, whereas Newcastle have pretty much nothing to play for at this point. They're kind of on a beach, as they shown against City this weekend. Um, Arsenal's attack is probably going to prove too much for them, and they shouldn't have any trouble getting a free goal or two against Newcastle at St. James. So take Arsenal minus the half goal in that one. There you have it. There's your free four plays of the week. Let's go get rich, kids.
0: Well, I, I hope you're wrong on that last one. But... Oh
2: my goodness, would I, I would, I would pay every cent that I've earned off these locks to have me be dead ass wrong on that last one. But I just couldn't give it out. I was like, I knew it. It's, it's. Yeah, it was too easy of a play.
0: Yeah. Well, um, let, let's preview this Arsenal game. I won't spend a ton of time on this uh, setup for the preview, but. As we know, they're sitting above us with uh, a four-point lead in fourth place. Um, they, uh, you know, they, we know what their run is because we've already talked about it. We know who they can score for them: uh, Saka, Smith Rowe, Lacaz- Lacazette gets assists. Saka, they got Saka to contend with. We know they've got some talent. Um, they're playing clearly a lot better than they played at the start of the season um they they are a a team that um that we do have to be concerned about we can't just assume that we're going to be able to take this down at home we have to play them hard um we have to be up for it um and i think typically we are up for north london derbies minus uh the, the the one earlier this season which was pretty ugly but what do you guys think In.
2: yeah uh, um
1: i think we're ready to take them i think we have a little bit momentum of momentum going in from the weekend um it's players are saying all the right things that this is going to be a, a huge match for us we need a big atmosphere at home um i think um at the end of the day that we'll be able to find a way through their defense um i think we match up well with them in the midfield. Um, think we're a little bit quicker than they are and um, we'll be able to find a pass, make a run and score goals. I, th- I think, I think, think this matches up well for us. Lucas.
2: Yeah. I think the big thing. Um, yeah. That one that we played them back in September was an absolute nightmare. It was a shocking result for us. Um, but I think the thing to remember, I'm going to read you right now. This was the starting lineup. This was our starting 11 that we threw out for that game in September against Arsenal away. Hugo, uh, Tanganga, Sanchez, Dyer, Regulon. In the midfield, we had Deli Ali, Hoybier and, and Dombele, and up front, we had Mora, Kane and Son. I, I mean, that seems like that was years ago that we had that lineup. That is a... Wow. I would expect Norwich to beat that lineup 3-1. So, I, I mean, we have an entirely new group of dudes now that are going to come out there at home um, like I mentioned in the Luke's lock segment that this is the first time we've had fans at the new ground against them. We played them once uh, in like project restart with nobody in the stadium. We beat them 2 one. Uh, we played them once in December of the last season where we had a two nil win with Kane and son goals. And that was during COVID. So it was December, 2020, I think. And it was, uh, we were allowed to have 2000 people in there which still made a difference to those players. Like even just having the 2000 people in there made a difference, but uh, we're going to have the full go now. And now they're going to get the full experience of what it's like to play us in a North London Derby back at N17, where we have a little bit more firepower now than we did at White Hart Lane. So I fully expect that place to be rocking, Sam. I hope you're able to get that ticket and be a part of it. Um, But yeah, I I think that our fans are going to be a huge, huge difference maker in this game. and. I think that our players are going to be up for it, if like I said earlier in the first half, like if our players can't get up for this game jesus what what can you get up for you know like in and you just showed that you can go to Anfield and play Liverpool away, and you can give a hell of an effort there, so I expect i I know you might be a little tired because it's a few days fewer rest, but my God, I hope that our boys show up and give double the effort that they gave this weekend away in front of like our home back at n17 against these scumbags like i really hope we turn up and i expect us to
0: yeah i i certainly hope so too i think we should go to Shub's question here because we're talking about how we might play but we also have to consider how they might play um and and shoob's asks us uh do you think arsenal will look to press us or look to emulate what we did at anfield um He also asked us a question about Luke's locks, but it's kind of late for that. Um, What was it? uh, For Luke's locks. Do you think Ramiro gets his first booking in what seems like ages in the first half or the second half?
2: Oh yeah. He'll get one for sure on Thursday. He'll come in hot. I just hope we're up. I hope we're up a few goals and it's just a bit of a piss take and he comes in and just mulches somebody, but yeah, I would probably say second half. I think he's going to be too smart in the first half.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: that's my so, gambling advice for that one.
0: But the uh, uh, the first half of the question: Do you think Arsenal will look to press us or look to emulate what we did at Anfield? Sam, you
2: want to take
0: this or You want me to go. Yeah, you go ahead,
2: Sam. Um, um, you know, I think
1: I'll be honest. I they they may try to try to press us, but I think watching us play um um recently this year, probably not the probably not the best take. Um, the best thing to do against us is kind of sit back, but I don't really think they have the guys that are capable of just sitting back. I think um, they may be slightly better in the tag, not as good as we are, but, but better in that kind of mode. I, I I think they, they more or less play to their strengths against us.
0: Well, I think we also have, uh, like, I think the bigger issue is I think teams could a team like Arsenal could say like, you you see how you can beat um, Spurs, especially at their own place. You play a more defensive game and you hit, you hit them on the counter and they can't break you down. Um, but um, but I think the bigger issue is this is Arsenal. They know that like if they lose that game after sitting back um, and playing a more defensive game, their fans are never going to let them live it down. Um, yeah. So I, I just don't see them playing that way simply because it's us. Um, they think, I think they, they might have a slightly different game plan than they normally would have, but they know they have to take us on, um, which I do think benefits us. So uh, Lu Lucas.
2: Yeah, I actually think that they're going to have a, they're going to have a go at us and they're going to be trying to be on the front foot. Um, I think that's more of who they are as a team right now. I don't think they're capable of just trying to sit back and hit us on the break. I think they're going to need to do what they do best and they're going to go with that. Um, I also think that they know that they can score off corners. They can score off set pieces, which is something we're really, really vulnerable at. Um, I touched on the fact that I was really disappointed against Liverpool, how we didn't mark the one guy we needed to mark on corners, and it almost cost us a few times. But another thing that I didn't bring up in the first half was how many times against Liverpool did we concede a corner for no reason? Like Emerson Royale did it twice, where there was a ball lofted in, it was semi towards the line, but it was clearly going to go out of play and there was no one around him and he panicked and just booted it out for a corner. Whereas if he had a bit more situa- or situational awareness, that just goes to be a goal kick. So we could see a lot of corners and we're not very good at defending them. So I think Arsenal are smart enough to know, have a go at us, get some corners, have a lot of the ball. Um, will that mean that we can hit them on the counter attack? Sure. But I, I think that, a lot of these a lot of times in derbies, especially like this one, um, I think a lot of times your game plan goes out the window. And if that crowds anything like I'm expecting it to be on Thursday, um, I think a lot of emotion's gonna take over and I, I don't think either team is gonna have the wherewithal to try and sit back and stick to a defensive game plan. They're gonna wanna go at each other and I think we'll see it.
0: Yeah, no, I I would agree with you. I just I just don't see even even if it is a good strategy which I don't think it necessarily is with the pieces that uh, Arsenal has um, I just don't see us doing it for that very
2: reason that you just mentioned because um, yeah well real quick Anthony I think the the real there's like a there's a medium that's kind of between and it's what we saw against Brighton, where it wasn't as if Brighton was throwing numbers forward at us this last time we played them and trying to throw it down our throats. Brighton was more than happy to just possess the ball in the midfield and just bore us to death, basically, and just snuff us out. I think that's an opportunity that would be the most successful thing to do against us, is just dominate the midfield, be slow and methodical through the midfield. And But in that Brighton game, we didn't show any fire or passion to try and change anything there. We are more than happy just letting them have the ball. Whereas because this is the North London Derby I and all for everything to play for now, I don't think that would even work because I expect our guys to be flying around, trying anything to dispossess every time they don't have the ball to feet. So um, I, I do think that it's just going to be a back and forth game and full of emotion. And I think there's going to be a lot of open play with a lot of open chances, but this time we're not going to have a back line be, like, who was it? Uh, Tenganga, Dyer, Regulon, and Sanchez. This time it's going to be the three boys at the back that we trust in Dyer, Davis, and Romero. And they haven't met Romero yet. So I'm really hoping that they enjoy that, enjoy getting yeah. to know him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sure. I, I hope it's a good experience for them for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Any other thoughts on this? Key match. I mean, there's nothing. This is we've got to win. <laughs> a, we a draw. Like I think Arsenal would be happy enough with a draw, but uh, I don't think they're going to play us for a draw. Um, but uh, th- they would be happy with that as a result. But that doesn't work for us. Absolutely not for us. Um, so um, any any final thoughts on this before we go to predictions? No, got gotta go. Gotta got to win. Gotta win. Uh so let's let's go to Sam first for predictions.
1: Um I think there will be goals scored in this game.
0: I think it it's gonna be three
1: to two Marvin biter. I'm gonna go with uh Sun getting two of the goals and then the other one going to uh Betenker for a winner.
0: Oh Bettencourt. Ben- that would be nice to see. Um Lucas, what do you have?
2: Um, I actually think we're going to get out on top of them. And like you had mentioned with the fact that they would be okay with the draw, they would also be okay with, like, I I think that they're going to call the dogs off once we get up. Because even if they walk out of this game with no points, they still control their own destiny with two wins over two shit teams. So I think we're going to see us get on top early, and I think that's just going to ride out, and they're going to probably call the dogs off, and it's going to be a 3-1 or something like that. Um so I'll go with 3-1 and I'll have Kane and Son, Kane scores 2, Son scores 1 because Harry Kane is the king of the North London derby, no one's ever scored more goals in a North London derby history than he has. So um yeah, I think this is his game, he's been waiting for it, so give Kane 2 and Son 1, 3-1 to Tottenham.
0: Um I'm nervous about this because because uh, of our um that we are playing three matches in a short period of time here. Um, but I think we'll be certainly up for this one. Um, and I think we are going to benefit from that extra day of rest going into this match than than uh, Arsenal had. Uh, they have uh, an extra day of rest go- after this match. Um, but I think that, that extra day might benefit us enough with our uh, lack of depth to be able to get back into shape for this one. I think we'll be up for it. Um, and I agree with Lucas that I think we'll get out ahead of this one. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be a 2-0 victory, and uh, we will be certainly very happy with that if we keep them off the board. But I think our, our defense could, uh, could, could certainly shut them down if we play it the right way, uh especially if we score early and they they're chasing the game a bit. Uh Lucas?
2: Yeah, final thoughts. Um I just it this popped into my head because I was I had read out the uh the lineup that we threw out there the first time we played them. And I completely forgot one of the best details of that. That lineup was also managed by Nuno. <laughs> so yeah. this will be this will be the first time going up against a lot of new faces and one of them is Antonio Conte, so I think we're going to have a lot of new things that they're not probably going to be excited to see on Thursday.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, my two-nil victory will be um, a Kane brace. Um, I think Kane's due. Uh, son's been getting his due. Um, I think this will be Kane's match. Like he'll he'll find a way to score twice, um, even if one's a penalty. Um, any final thoughts before we go to Burnley? Okay, well, let's move it along. So, assuming we get out of this match um, with a with a victory, and we still have a chance at at, at top four in Champions League, uh, and finishing above Arsenal, all very key things, um, we will be taking on relegation fighting Burnley at home on um, on this Sunday. Sam, you'll be at that match as well. Um, that's uh, 6 a.m. here in Chicago, so come out early if you're, uh, you're in town here. But currently they're in 17th place in the league with 34 points, 7 wins, 13 draws, and 15 losses. Um, they did lose 3-1 to Villa this past Saturday. Uh, prior to that, they beat Watford, beat Wolves, beat Southampton, and drew West Ham. So they are on a bit of a run of better form other than this Villa loss most recently. Um, they have been keeping themselves in the the chase to try and get out of the relegation zone. Uh, Their top goal scorer right now is uh, Maxwell Cornett. Um, They've got a handful of guys who can, uh, can play some assists and uh, Dwight McNeil's their top rated player. We did lose to them. um, If you'll remember in a shitty rainy day uh, uh, up at turf Moor in February, um, which was a rescheduled one from December. Um, but we did have beat them the three fire prior times that we faced them. So uh, how are you guys feeling on this Burnley match? Uh, let's start with Sam. Um, you
1: know, I, I, th- this is a team that, uh, considering the way we, we have played against teams, you know, post-February of similar stature, we should be able to beat. I'm just worried about starting out sluggish. Um, against these guys, um, because win or lose, you're coming off a North London Derby, the early game on Sunday. You know, that's, that's a tough turn. Um, but I, I, I think we can win. Uh, but it, it could be a dog fight though, considering what Burnley has playing for.
0: Yeah, it certainly could be. Um, and we'll be tired, <laughs> um, they have a lot to play for. That's that's the scary part about this one for me. Lucas?
2: Yeah, um, I actually have a more optimistic view on this one. Um, like I said, I don't think I, – I think that Arsenal will see out Newcastle and Everton, but I think we'll also see out Burnley, and I think we'll see out Norwich as well. Um, I think if we get the job done on Thursday, which apparently, just by talking about it, all three of us agree, we think we're going to see the job out on Thursday – we then go to play before they do. We play on Sunday against Burnley, which means Arsenal plays Monday against Newcastle. So I think that alone is going to be our chance that we'll go above them for at least 24 hours. Um, so I expect us to show up. And I think the fact that Burnley has everything to play for as well. Anytime you're going to play Burnley in an open game at White Hart Lane, I expect us to win. More times than not, Burnley gets to come there and dictate the way that they want to play they're playing basically right into our hands. They need the win. They need the points. They just do. They need nothing. I I can't expect even a point to them at this point because Everton's now ahead of them with a game in hand. So a point doesn't seem like it's going to do it. They need three. So I expect them to actually come at us. And they just had an opportunity against uh, Aston Villa at home this weekend. But because they had to go at them, Villa just sat there and, let them come at him, hit him on the break, sliced them apart, had three easy layup tap off counterattacks, and Villa tore him apart. And that's Villa. So I think we were really, really unfortunate in February that they caught us at a really bad time for us. And that was a game that we should have had played in December, but it got snowed out because the football gods hate us. But it's just, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, so I, I honestly think it's like, they're gonna play us, and they need three points at White Hart Lane. When we need three points, give me that every day of the week. I will take that. We, I expect us to show the maturity and the mentality that we all expect out of these guys. I Expect us, even though it's off a couple days rest, and you're gonna have that emotional high of I hope coming off and beating Arsenal in the North London Derby. That's a great buzz, and you're gonna be jacked up for the next couple days. It might take a little bit harder. It might be a little bit harder to mentally switch off that and get on to the next one. But I expect us to turn up. And, um, I I honestly think that Burnley in a game like that is there for the taking. So I think we'll see our guys come out and put ourselves into the fourth place spot after that one, at least for the next 18 hours or so.
0: You're convincing me, uh, to have a little bit more hope than I have and a little bit less concern, but I'm still a little concerned, uh, uh, Sam uh thoughts to add in here
1: um yeah, Lucas, you made a good point where you know Burnley will have just about everything to play for um I you know I don't it's hard for me to associate with uh Burnley with going at people, but um I think they actually may try to do that this game um it It may hold off until a little bit later, and they may actually feel desperate and do it too soon like Newcastle did.
0: Yeah, it could be a timing issue. Like even if they play a defensive first half, that's a good point. Uh maybe it's the second half that they uh they start to get a little bit desperate and uh come after us and and, and maybe we tear them apart uh late. Uh Lucas?
2: Yeah, and I just want to remind people that this we we tend to do this a lot where we get down to this part of the season and we start to add it's almost as if you get more points on your side, or you get more like you get like a better view of yourself because you have a relegation battle to avoid. Like, that makes you scarier for some reason, which it does if you're on a beach. If you have nothing to play for, if you're in 10th and they're fighting for their lives, then yes, that does actually mean that there's a lot that could be said for the fact that they need to they need that game more than you do. But we're not in that spot. We need that game a lot too. And the fact that we're fighting for top four and they're fighting to not get relegated should have more of a conversation about it. There's a reason they're in dead ass relegation spot because they just needed a two goal turnaround in the 80th minute to avoid losing at Watford. So who was already relegated pretty much. So it's just like, there's still Burnley that is in a relegation spot and had we been in tenth and not really cared about this game, I could see us having a lot more worry about it. But at the end of the day, it's Burnley, who desperately needs this game, going to Tottenham, who desperately needs this game. So I'll take the team that's fighting for fourth over the team that's hoping to stay in the Premier
0: League. Yeah, uh, you make a good case. Uh, <laughs> um I, I think there is something to be said for those relegation battle teams, but you're you're, you're right. It's it's more, um, it's it's more. I, I think it would be more of a threat to us if we were sitting in third place, but we could get knocked down to fourth place. Exactly. Like, like I could see, I could see that being more of a threat. Like not saying it's like a like a top of the table, bottom of the table balance. It's more of like. Um, you just have that slight bit less to play for. You know what? We've locked up top four. We're not going to get first place, <laughs> but but with ours, like we need to win every game to to get fourth place. It means that we have as much to play for as they do, and and we want to finish above Arsenal if possible. Uh, so we, good point. Yeah, you've convinced me. Um, I, I, I was almost going to predict like a draw or a loss, but um, but I think you've convinced me, Lucas. Uh, but with that, let's go to predictions. Uh, we'll start with Sam. Uh, I'm
1: going to go uh, us win- winning 3-1. Um, and I kind of see it in a similar fashion to the way we uh, won against Leicester. Be that kind of game. Um, goals to – I'm going to go with one to Sun – uh, one to Cessanyon and um one to Kane. I like it.
0: I like it. Uh Lucas?
2: I'm gonna go four now. Um I'm gonna say Kane gets two, Sun gets one, and Bergvine gets one late.
0: Oh, I'd like to see Bergvine get a goal in the late uh runnings. Um I'm going to say a modest 2-1 victory. Like it, it, we're we're all going to be holding uh, uh, clenching our assholes the whole match. Um but we are the better team and and we come out and maybe we break their hearts a little bit like cuz they maybe they equalize uh uh late and then we have to pull uh like a last minute goal out ourselves to get this victory. Um uh, but I think we got the firepower to do it. But I hope we're going to watch Lucas's game. But um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to predict my game, the, the two-one. We're, we're going to get a goal from Sun in this one, and we are going to get a goal from uh, Kulishevsky. Um, let's see. Um, any final thoughts on the week that we're expecting? Like by this time next week, when when we air. Next week's podcast. Um, we're gonna have a much better picture of what we're talking about. Like we'll be through the Arsenal game, we'll be through the Burnley game, and all we have left is uh no And other- they'll have
2: played they'll have played Newcastle in the afternoon as well. So Yeah. I hope all I hope for is that by this time next week, shit magically goes our way in the next seven days, and by this time next week when we're all chatting that Finishing top four is in our hands yeah, and if we do our job on Thursday, we do our job on Sunday and we get a miracle from Newcastle on Monday, then Monday night we'll be sitting here talking about the fact that
0: we only one performance we're or one so. performance
2: away, all we got to do is to give out one strong performance and it's in our hands, and going into the last day of the season there's never there's nowhere else you want to be than in control of your own destiny, so if we can be in control of our own destiny on the last day of the year then that's a win to my, I'll take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday.
0: And and if we're not, then at least I want to want us to be in the position where we've done everything that we could possibly do to, to to be there. If Arsenal does the job uh, outside of losing to us, then more power to them, but um, we'll hate it. It'll be the first time that we would finish behind them in a long time. And I think there's a good chance that it could happen but um but but at least we did we controlled our own destiny to 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 the point that we could at this point like uh yeah and we can all kind of cry back to those uh brighton matches and and uh uh brantford but um but on a, a whole at least we did did what we needed to do at the end of the season we finished strong is what I want to be saying that next episode um but I think that's a good place to to wrap it up. Uh, so thank you so much to to Sam and Lucas for being on. Have a great trip, Sam. Like definitely enjoy yourself. Um, yeah.
1: um and uh yeah, if, uh, anybody uh, who's out there, um uh, just just hit up the uh, Four Star Spurs um uh, Twitter account. Um uh, let, let let me know what's up. We'll, we'd like to see you come out.
0: Yeah, definitely. definitely be cool to hear about some uh i want to see lots of videos of uh of of your hangouts out there because i'm jealous that i'm not going on this trip this year (laughs) Uh, but that about wraps it up so thanks to tommy for editing and sound tonight charlie for the music sam for social media lucas for luke's locks kimberly for the logo and as always the atlantic bar and grill we'll be back recording there again soon uh Find us now on both Spotify and Stitcher. Hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast or give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at at Four Star Spurs and our website at fourstarspurs.com. Come on.